Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Today on the program, we're going to cover a topic that we've covered before, maybe try to give a little fresh insight into it, but it's been a little while since our guest has been in. We're going to talk about family systems theory. And uh, our guest, Father Robert Pirelli, is here, and he uh, is going to uh, tell us about uh, a course that he has coming up starting in September. It uh, looks like a 10-week course on, That's uh, right. on family systems theory. Father, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, you are a Udist father, and now the only Udist in western New York, right? The only Udist father... East of the Mississippi. East of the Mississippi. Right. Holy cow. Yes, I know many of your uh, – uh, I'm good friends with uh, with Father Bagley who, of course, now is in the yes. Philippines and so on. Yeah. He'll be coming home shortly yes, to celebrate for his, his 40th anniversary. His summertime. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 40th anniversary. So I'm hoping to get him in. So normally we try to uh, schedule some time in and find out what he's been up to. Uh, just tell us about the Udis Fathers. Remind us about your ministry. I always kind of liken you guys to like um, – almost like – Mary Noel, because the Eudas fathers are involved with such a plethora of different things. You're a good example of that, actually. Yes. We're a very interesting community because we are a society for apostolic life, which is a blend of both diocesan priesthood and religious community. So we are, if you were to draw a Venn diagram, we would be the little intersection between what it means to be a diocesan priest and what it means to belong to a religious community. So as a society of apostolic life, our work revolves around preparing leaders for the church. In the old days, that was basically seminary education. Mm -hmm. So we ran and taught in seminaries all over the world. Uh, Now it's much more expansive, uh, inclusive, and we do all sorts of ministries that help prepare people to serve the church. Well, as is the church these days, right? More expansive and inclusive. So, uh, yes, very much so. Now, normally these distinctions I kind of don't really uh, uh, get into much, but I think it's important in your case, I introduced you as uh, Father Robert Pirelli because, you know, we might have a lot of priests on this show given if being Catholic program and all. Sure. But um, you are actually Reverend Dr. Yes. Robert Pirelli. I, and I think the doctor is important in uh, in your case. When we, and we're going to talk about um, your work with family systems theory. By the way, just so I don't forget to later in the program, um, you can go to, very simple to remember, familysystemstheory.org. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you can find out more information about the the things that we're talking about here today as well. Um, but in your profession, in the, in the work, in the ministry that you do, um, you know, there are people that have different comfort levels with uh, religion, with priests, with yes. the medical profession and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. But when you're dealing with something that's uh, – and I don't think it – matters what branch of medicine we're talking about or, or psychology, there's kind of a comfort level, right, when you have that doctor in front of your yes. name. People people want – that makes them feel better, sure. right? Well, it kind of documents the fact that you have a certain level of yeah. education and, and hopefully some expertise. But the question is really a good question and an interesting question that, you know, 
why would a priest pursue a doctorate in psychology and and then become a psychotherapist? And when people say, well, what's your ministry? I'll tell them that my ministry is to be a psychotherapist and this is what I've been assigned to do by the provincial of my religious community. And sometimes I get a little quizzical look from (laughs) people and then I say, do you know what the etymology of the word psychotherapist is. And of course, no one knows. Right. And it's from the Greek psyche and therapein. Uh, psyche, psyche meaning soul and therapein meaning the healer of. So in its purest form, a psychotherapist is someone who is the healer of the soul. And then I usually stop explaining how a priest could be a psychotherapist. <laughs> you probably don't need to at that point. I think that yeah. kind of captures it. And, <laughs> and I think if you were to ask any psychotherapist of any religious tradition or no religious tradition, I think that they would agree that um, yeah. no matter what their methodology, no matter what their personal belief system, that they know that at some very cellular level – they're helping heal the soul of someone who's wounded by the vagaries of life. And, and so it's a perfect match for me. Yeah, and obviously that is um, really an essential component of priesthood yes. when we talk about what, what priesthood is. And they might not have the um, uh, the tools and the skill set that you have acquired over the years in terms of your, your education and and. Whatnot, but it it's not all that different. It's not. It? It's it's. There are many people who participate in the phenomenon <laughs> of helping heal someone's soul. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Father Robert Pirelli is our guest, and uh, he is involved with the Center for Family Systems Theory. Uh, you're, you are now the class that we're, that we're going to talk about that that you're putting together on that is taking place at Duville College. You also work at Duville yes, College. Yes, yes. For just a year now, it's my anniversary. Um, about a year ago, I was recruited by Sister Denise Roach, the um, 14th president of Duville, who served for 37 years. And before she left, uh, one of her last uh, decisions was to hire a mission officer. So they, the college, Sister Denise, the board of directors, recruited me to serve as the very first ever vice president for mission integration at Duville. Mission integration is really keeping alive the heart and the soul of an institution that has a very specific mission. Duville, of course, is dedicated to the charism of the gray nuns of the Sacred Heart and their founder, St. Marguerite Duville. And this was always done genetically by the president. She just did it because she was a gray nun. But with the, you know, change that our our new president, Dr. Lori Clemo, is obviously not a vowed religious woman. Uh, The college instituted the Center uh, for Mission Integration, created the job of vice president for mission integration, and then recruited me to serve as the first person to fill that position. And I'm loving every minute of it. And I also love it more because from 1981 till 1989, I was the director of the Department of Campus Ministry at Duville. So I'm back home where I uh, came from. Yeah, very much so. And uh, and, uh, really, we talked about your your Udist roots. uh, um, It's 
that kind of job sounds like a perfect fit with regard to the charism of the Udist it does. community as well. So. It does. We are educators at heart. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, the class is taking place. Tell us a little bit about uh, – we'll we're going to talk more about family systems theory, what it is. But uh, give us the details of the course. Sure. The, the class is – I describe it this way. I tell people it's like a graduate course in psychology – without any required readings and without any papers. So it's just coming to class as often as you can, as often as you want to, and learning about the theory in a very intentional way. This is the course that I wished I could have taken when I was getting my doctoral uh, degree. Um, I had to learn it by taking multiple courses. This is my homemade version of a um, kind of a expansive explanation of the theory. There are eight principles to Bowen family systems theory and it takes me about 30 hours to teach them and that's what this course is. It's learning the rudimentary theory in a, in behind this movement called Bowen family systems theory. Who, who do you expect to be sitting in your class? Well, I'll tell you who's come so far. I, I think this is the, maybe the 18th or the 19th, maybe even the 20th time I've caught, taught this course. I average about 20 students every time. Okay. And Seems like a good number for it's the a kind great of work number. you want to do. And yeah. what's even better about the number, because it's small enough to be cozy but big enough to be diverse, yeah. is that the people who come – represent all sorts of occupations. There will be uh, Roman Catholic deacons and priests. I've had dentists, physicians, uh, family court lawyers, um, a lactation specialist, lots of educators, lots of social workers, other psychotherapists, people who come because they want to be a good grandmother or a good grandfather. Uh, My dentist took the course and so did his dental hygienist. So it's this interesting group of people, business owners. One of my favorite students owns a uh, auto repair shop. He knows more about Bowen family systems theory than <laughs> anybody in Western New York. He's read everything. So it's this very interesting little group of 20 people who, you know, I teach and we talk and we all learn from each other. Uh, I expect you almost as you're saying that to uh, include barbers or hairdressers in that list because my my grandfather was a mechanic yes. and, and he owned a garage and they're a lot like barbershops. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of bartenders too, you one know, my, a lot of that going one on. One of my favorite uh, students was a lady who had, has been cutting hair for 30 yeah. years. There are people who are life coaches, yeah. people who are sure. – Family business consultants, people who work with people who are doing um, their wills and trusts because there are a lot of family issues about how to institute a will or a trust. So it's anybody who finds family life interesting. Now, in the next part of the program, what I want to do today is kind of look at some of those folks who might attend Mm -hmm. and and, and we'll kind of explain – 
I hope, family systems theory that way in what they can expect in their chosen profession sure. to get out of this. And then maybe talk about some of the benefits maybe to folks who will be the recipients of, of working with someone like yourself personally with their own sure. family and their own life. Just before we take a break, just give us the, the nutshell Cliff's Notes version of Bowen family systems uh, theory. What well, is that? Yes. That Bowen family about? systems theory was developed after the Second World War. Uh, by Dr. Bowen and many others. There are quite a few mm-hmm. names in the field of family systems. Bowen is the most theoretical. Basically, they were disillusioned with the diagnose and prescribe model. Um, many people will go to a psychiatrist, have a brief conversation, be diagnosed, and receive a prescription, which they might take for six months or six years. Uh, these folks were not happy with that. They didn't think it was sufficient. It wasn't that they were opposed to medication. It's just they were not happy with the thought that that's all there was to the world of psychotherapy. So Bowen developed a theory. Uh, There are many others who've developed ancillary theories. And this kind of slowly, very slowly, because it's not the medical model and the medical model is predominant, uh, slowly is taking root around the country, around the world, and there are centers for family systems theory all over where people take this approach where rather than saying, here is the patient, here is the, the person who owns the problem, here is the medication to make them behave differently. Instead of saying that, A family systems therapist would say, why did this symptom, depression, anxiety, substance abuse, acting out teenager, why did that particular behavior land on one person and how does everyone in that system contribute to the fact that a symptom landed on a scapegoat or on an identified patient? It's a much more difficult methodology because with a classical medical model, diagnose somebody approach, you can pick somebody and they own the problem. It's a lot easier than saying, how do I make a problem that lands on my brother, on one of my children, on my mother-in-law, on my husband, on my wife? How do I contribute to this problem rather than saying, you have a problem. Yeah, and uh, now, and that's not to um, discount that. And in, in, in you kind of indicated this that you know, like any medical condition, you know, some people are more prone to cancer, for example, than than others. Um, I, there are certainly those that are more prone to things like depression or sure. or whatnot. It might have occurred anyway, apart from the system that yes. that they are in. Um, yeah, but probably in a lot of cases, there's a lot of contributing factors. And if not, those factors make it worse. Right. And what right. you need to do is you need to rule out. That's yeah. a medical approach. You need yeah. to rule out that this isn't completely organic. If it's, it's completely organic, if somebody was fine on one Wednesday and they're chronically depressed on Thursday, there's a good chance that there's something organic going on. But if somebody, let's say, was sexually abused by a relative for three years during their adolescence and now in their 20s is recalling and beginning to think about this and they turn from a well-adjusted person to a very reclusive person, then it's fair to say, let's look at the system and see what happened. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, like I said, next part of the program, we'll uh, examine that even further and uh, talk about um, uh, some of the things that, that people will take away from the, the course on family systems theory that you're doing. Uh, the, the details on the course before we take a break? Sure. There, uh, we meet for 10 Tuesday evenings starting in September, ending in late November. We meet at Duval College and the class goes from 6 until 9. And it's uh, very casual. You know, if somebody's out of town for a week, then they're out of town. It's no big deal. They learn from their classmates. They fill in the blanks. Um, but it's kind of uh, uh, open, easy, very um, conversational course that's a blend of didactic lectures, uh, case studies, and classroom participation. Uh, FamilySystemsTheory.org is uh, the website for Father Robert Pirelli and uh, the, the Family Systems Center for Family Systems. Th- phone number? Uh, 886-4594. All right. Very good. Uh, we'll be back with uh, Father Bob in just a moment here on Western New York Catholic Weekly. Make your voice heard. Join the Catholic Action Network and speak out in support of the poor and vulnerable, the sick and elderly, the unborn, families and children. Sign up online at nyscatholic.org and click on Join the Network. That's nyscatholic.org. And visit the New York State Catholic Conference's Legislative Action Center. Read alerts on important legislative issues and email your state representative. Stay informed and strengthen the Catholic voice in New York. You'll find it all at nyscatholic.org. That's nyscatholic.org. Thanks for joining us this week on Western New York Catholic Weekly. I'm Greg Prince. Joining me is Father Robert Pirelli. And uh, again, I made the distinction earlier in the program. I think it's important. Reverend Dr. Robert Pirelli, actually. And uh, uh, he has, for many years, uh, been involved with family systems theory. And his Center for Family Systems Theory is known throughout Western New York. Uh, FamilySystemsTheory.org is the website for that. And uh, his course is coming up at Uville College starting in September. September and uh, again, you can find that at the at the website. The uh, telephone number here in the seven one six area code eight eight six four five nine four. Now on the on the brochure for the uh, course, because you know I do extensive research before the uh, program. Whenever I sit down in the studio here, actually in your case, I've had you in before. I didn't have to, but uh, uh, the brochure is pretty self-explanatory, and and I'm sure uh, just from the first part of the program. Um, from learning a little bit about you, uh, people can kind of know a little bit what to expect. But you do indicate some folks who might be interested in taking this class. And I thought it might be interesting to kind of go down the list and see how this might apply to their work. First one on the brochure is faith leaders, good place to start since yes. that's where we started the program today. So how might family systems theory apply in their ministry? Sure. I'm glad you started with them because – I think that um, a lot of people either don't know or forget that approximately 70% of all um, requests for help begin between a parishioner and their priest, their minister, their rabbi, or their imam. People still go to clergy for advice and counsel. So there's Two, it's like a win-win scenario. If a clergy person, and I have a lot of clergy who studied with me, uh, if they're knowledgeable of family systems theory, um, one of the things they can do is they can realize that 
the issue at hand is uh, beyond their competency. And family systems theory will help them understand when to refer and how to refer. But at another level, because, you know, you can't refer everybody and some people just want to talk to their priest or their minister or their rabbi or their imam, um, this methodology gives um, a clergy person a template uh, against which he can take a presenting problem and understand it more deeply. Let me give you a classic example. A woman comes to her clergy person to say that she's very unhappy in her marriage and that her husband is having an affair and he is therefore a bad man and that she has come to the priest or the rabbi or the imam or the minister so that the priest will then take her side and she can feel justified at being angry at her spouse. She won't talk about the fact that there may have been some reasons why her husband has chosen to be unfaithful, that he may have triangulated another woman because she has been very distant with him, uncommunicative, that she has become enmeshed with the children, that he feels like um, the kids come first, second, and third, her family comes fourth, uh, the community comes fifth, Uh, The church comes sixth and he comes last. She doesn't think about that. If the priest is not a systems thinker and he binds with the the wife, then he is of no service to the family because it's wife and priest against husband or priest and husband against wife or priest and mom and dad against acting out teenager. Systems gives a clergy person the kind of lens that they can look at a problem in a way where they don't need to find a scapegoat or an identified patient to say, let's think about the big picture here. Let's take the spotlight off of the identified patient who's an acting out teenager or a substance abusing spouse or a husband who's having an affair or a wife who's having an affair. Let's take the spotlight off of them and put a floodlight on the whole system and see why this system blew this kind of a symptom. This gives him the ability to be a pastoral healing presence to everyone in the system not just the one who's coming looking for reinforcements. Yeah. Um, now, um, I'm, I'm going I'm to uh, go to uh, another similar kind of category, I think, anyway, medical personnel. Yes, sure. Another person who you and I go to when we need help with something, yes. much like you would go to your, your priest, clergy member, sure. you know, any type of minister. Um, now, in, in the case of the medical profession, right, tends to be highly specific, yes. right? You deal with this one area. So I go to my doctor. Last year I had, I, I can share this, I'm not afraid to share it, I had an issue where I had a reaction to certain um, uh, medications mm-hmm. that caused me to feel anxious, depressed, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. Having never had those kind of feelings, I'm thinking, 
wow, what's wrong? And I started to think kind of like you would, well, what are the things that could possibly be because there's something going on, stress, blah, 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 blah. I, I finally said, I think it's medication, went and talked to my doctor. Now, um, when I go and talk to my doctor, I would think they're in the same boat, right? They have to figure out, mm, is this a medical problem or is this something going on in his life? So that's just right. an example where this kind mm-hmm. of thinking would have applied certainly to me. Sure. And, you know, this is a great example, you know, because sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Exactly. Sometimes anxiety that develops three days after you take a new medication is purely (laughs) organic. There you go. And that's – the theory would not speak to that. The theory would say, see the prescribing physician. But let me tell you a story that I think will help you kind of understand the role of medicine in thinking systemically. Dr. Bowen was a physician. So he was uh, a psychiatrist who started his career at the Menninger Foundation in Topeka, Kansas. And the way he started doing research into families is he was working with late adolescents who were developing very severe psychological problems, so severe that they had to be institutionalized in an inpatient hospital. So what they did, of course, was they, you know, they found a good medication for these late adolescent teenagers. They got them stabilized. They, you know, made sure their diet was good. They put them into a support group. They had individual therapy two or three times a week. In a week, they started to calm down. In two weeks, they were kind of okay. In three weeks, they were helping the other newcomers. In four weeks, they were back on their feet. And they said, oh, isn't this great? They're doing so much better. They would discharge the young adult back home, and a month later, they would return with the same psychotic symptoms that they had before they were admitted the first time. Now, Bowen did this repeatedly with multiple families until one day the light bulb went off, and he said, something is happening in the family. And he Then, and he was able to, this was a long time ago, this would have been the late 40s and early 50s, he hospitalized the family, put the whole kit and caboodle into the hospital, and they watched them. And they watched families relate to each other in a way that exacerbated symptoms in one particular family member. Now, the interesting thing is, And this kind of validates the theory that if that family member gets out, if they kind of differentiate themselves, I'm not saying divorce themselves from the family. I'm just saying separates in a normal way and gets to live their own life. Bowen found repeatedly that the next child would then develop the symptoms. And the symptoms could literally move from child to child to child because the family was doing something that set up someone to be the scapegoat. So I I think this kind of is a great illustration for how the medical model can benefit from thinking systems. That if you think of a a symptom in the context of a bigger system like a family, you might be able to do more healing than if you thought of the symptom as just belonging to one person. Example, alcoholism. Okay? Is somebody an alcoholic because they're an alcoholic? Could be. But they may be an alcoholic because as a little kid, every time their dad had a problem, they watched him have a six-pack. And every time their mom had a problem, 
they watched her self-medicate. So when they grew up unconsciously, unintentionally, unmaliciously, when they grew up, they had a problem. How did they solve their problem? Like they saw their father solve his problems. Like they saw their mother solve her problems. We duplicate what's unresolved. Yeah, my dad never went to the doctor. My dad never, you know, um, I went to confession, for example. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. went and talked to a priest. Mm-hmm. He just handled it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he handled it all yeah. right. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree is a very systemic notion. Sure, sure. So, and that's, again, that's not being accusatory or anything. Not at all. It's just how it plays out. It is. It were, you know, systems thinkers are teammates with the medical bottle. I always tell physicians when I have them in class that you people are exquisite at thinking systemically inside the skin. You know that if somebody's got bad oral care, you know, if they don't floss, if they get an infection in their gums, you know that that can cause heart disease exactly. because it's a system. Your teeth bone is connected to your heart bone, you know, that you understand that and you do systems exquisitely. Unfortunately, I tell them, once you step outside the skin, you become less systemic. And this model helps you to do systems inside and outside the skin. Uh, now, a, a lot of the the cases that you pointed to uh, deal with families, and and I just want to mention before we go one other group that is on your uh, on your brochure, and uh, you know who, who you kind of expect to see a class like this: educators, yes, teachers, people in the education profession. Exactly, I can try to capture the benefit for educators by quoting um, this wonderful uh, adage that I heard many years ago, talking about children. It said, children are like a barometer for the family. Mm -hmm. When there's a storm coming, the barometer changes. So the essence of that is if Susie's a good student, if she's doing very well, if she's well acclimated with her classmates, if she plays nicely, goes home for Christmas vacation, comes back two weeks later and is reclusive, pouty, won't eat. Something happened between the last day of school before Christmas and the first day of the second semester. Maybe mommy and daddy broke up. Maybe they broke up on Christmas Eve. Maybe there was no Christmas. Maybe she's worried about where she's going to live, what's going to happen to her family, what's going to happen to the little kids in her family. And she comes back and now she's a different little girl. A teacher who thinks systems can notice the changes of behavior in a child and then ask the right questions like, what's going on at home? Did something happen? Are you sad? Why are you sad? How is mommy? How is daddy? A systems thinking teacher is um, better equipped to help children learn. Yeah, and and that really, in many ways, is you say it's the the barometer. We're also talking about the folks that haven't really developed coping mechanisms. They're children. Yeah, <laughs> they're you know they don't have to, but yeah. they do. Yeah, yeah. Because 
they're put in that situation. And I imagine what you hope they do is don't develop those coping mechanisms Correct. that were the source of the problem in the first place. Right. I hope that the leaders in the system, yeah. in that case it would be mom and dad, would take up their leadership roles. Yeah. Yeah. Family systems theory is if somebody said to me you had to describe it in two words, I would say good leadership. It's a good place to end, actually, I think, today. That uh, it does really uh, sum it up. Uh, folks who are interested in learning more about it can come to your uh, class yes. starting in September. Love to have them. Great. Uh, uh, Uville College, uh, give us the details again. It, it'll be um, at Uville on Tuesday evenings. There'll be 10 Tuesday evenings in a row starting in late September from 6 until 9 in a very comfortable space called Madonna Lounge. There's lots of secure uh, parking right outside the door. Uh, the college has got security guards everywhere. And so it's a great place to have the class. It's right in the center of the city, equally accessible from north, south, east, and west. Yep, close to the 190, easy on and off. So A block uh, and a half from the 190. Yep. Uh, Father Bob Pirelli, our guest today here on Western New York Catholic Weekly. Uh, you can reach Father Bob uh, at uh, 716-886-4594. FamilySystemsTheory.org is the website, and uh, the email is just as simple, BobPirelli at gmail.com. So uh, P-E- R-E-L-L-I for the spelling of the last name. I, I think we can all figure out Bob. <laughs> Father Bob, thanks for being with us again on the program. Thank you. As always, you can find uh, more information about uh, any topic we cover on the program as well as other podcasts at our site. Go to wnycatholic.org slash radio. If you go to buffalodiocese.org, you can go down to the News Immediate tab and find us there as well. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org.